just like to say we appreciate the presence of each and everybody that's here today, and uh, I hope that you're not too uh, discouraged <laughs> at the end of the lesson, but in 1 Peter 3.15, he says, Sanctify the Lord God and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. There's no substitute for the Word of God. In 2 Timothy 3.16, he says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly furnished unto every word work. Psalms 119 and 11, he says, Therefore uh, thy word, David speaking, says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. In Romans 1.16, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, that is, is written, the just shall live by faith. And then John 17.17, 17, he says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So there's no, we don't need uh, uh, books, creed books, and other things to uh, tell us what the God's will is toward all of mankind. This morning, the lesson that I uh, uh, have chosen here to is a little bit unique. It's a little different from what most preachers preach, and I want to point out that I'm not a preacher to start with. We heard a preacher this morning in the class, and sometimes I wonder why the elders want to use a mule when they could use a thoroughbred, you know. <laughs> But uh, we need to do whatever is within our power to do. But the lesson is Christians are just like shoes. And um, a lot of these are going to be negative shoes. But there's always a positive lesson that can be learned uh, from some negative uh, things. In, in the Bible concordance I was looking at, there's about 51 scriptures in there that refer to feet, and to shoes. And uh, so the question and, and the text that he, he read for us was Ephesians 6.15. It says, And having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, of course that's talking about in Ephesians 6 about putting on the whole armor of God, and he lists, lists those things, you know, helmet of salvation, the rest, plate of righteousness, having your loins girded about with truth, and taking up the sword, of the, I mean the shield of faith, which you're able to quench the fiery darts of the devil, uh, the, uh, the sword of the Spirit, he says, which is the Word of God, and then having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Somebody said, if the shoe fits, you know, why wear it? And we know that you sure, sure don't want to wear one that doesn't fit, because it's going to give you a lot of trouble. We've also heard the statement, I'd hate to be in his shoes, meaning that I wouldn't want to be in the circumstances that that individual is in. So we say, I don't want to be in his shoes. But I think every one of us will probably fit into one of these styles of shoes, and I hope it's the, the last couple of shoes, <laughs> really, that we fit into. But first of all, some people, some Christians, so-called, in parentheses, are like pumps. You know, they have to be primed. They're rusty. They're inactive. They have to be primed by the eldership and by the deacons and by other Christians to get them to do anything. But Christians are to be ready to every good work. In Titus 2.14, he says, Let us also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses 
that they be not unfruitful. Then there's, after the pumps, then there's the loafer. The loafer shoe, you know. It's, the loafer, though, is a person that's not willing to work. He's a little bit lazy, you know. He's an idle person. In Romans 12 and verse 11, he says, Not be slothful in spirit, but be fervent in the spirit. Rather, not slothful in business. Fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. And then in Matthew 25, 26, you know, you have there the, the parable of the, of the talents. The five talent men and the, and the two talent men and, and then the one talent man. And, uh, the first, the five talent man, he gained five other talents and he was told, well done, thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many. Enter thou into the joys of the Lord. The two talent man was told the same thing, but the last one, he said, his Lord said to him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest I reap where I sowed not, and I gathereth where I have not strawed. In Hebrews 6 and 12, he says that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. In 1 Timothy 5.13, he says, And withal they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers and busybodies also speaking things which they ought not. Then there's number three shoe, is a high heel. We have a high heel. You know, the, the high heel shoe, this fits the proud person, the haughty person, the one that's self-centered individual, you know. But a man is taught, and the scripture teaches us, a man should not think of himself more highly than he ought to think. In Romans 12 and verse 3, he says, I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And then Proverbs 16, 18 says that pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty look before a fall. In 1 Peter 5 and verse 6, he says, Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Then there's number four, is the sneaker. You know, a sneaker. A sneaker is one that's always trying to get in some other way than what Christ has designated for us, to get into the church or into the kingdom. But, uh, you know, there's only one way. John 14, 6 over there, he says, Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by but by me. The sneaker's always wanting to get in some other way. In John 10, verse 1, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not in by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. In John 10, verse 9, he says, I, I am the door. By me, if any man come in, he shall be and be saved, and go in and out and find pastor. So, the sneaker is always doing something on the sly, something cunning, you know, something crafty. Or he's always trying to hide something from the other Christians or from the eldership. And certainly we don't want to be uh, uh, guilty of that sort of thing. In Romans 14, uh, verse 12, he says, So that in every one of us shall give an account of himself unto God. Then number five, there's the overshoot. The overshoe, you know, we only put the overshoe on when the weather is bad, you know, or wet or snowy or something like that, you know. The overshoe 
It's a Christian that only professes Christianity when the going gets rough on him, you know. But he always wants the visits of the and the prayers of the congregation and of the preacher and the elders and and other Christians. He always desires that when he's in trouble. But in Matthew 23, 27, and 28, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but within they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanliness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. So we don't want to be that kind of a shoe. But we're rather to be a steadfast person, a dependable person. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, he says, Therefore, my beloved brother, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain uh, in the Lord. In James 4 and 4 and verse 8, we looked at some in James uh, this morning too, but... Uh, in James 4 and verse 8 is some powerful scripture. He says, Draw nigh unto God, and he'll draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, uh, ye double-minded. Then number 6 is the house shoe. The house shoe. Now, that's, a, that's one that's easy to relax in, you know. Uh, we come in in the afternoon, and we worked all day. We're tired, and we're hot, and... And we, we, we put on them, slip on that easy shoe, you know, that house shoe, and we sit down in front of the, the TV and we do a little channel surfing, you know. But the house shoe is a shoe that's made to relax in. But, so there's a house shoe Christian, but it's not good. It's too much, the house shoe Christian says it's just too much trouble to serve God, you know. I, I want to stay at home and watch TV or visit with some of my friends or cook a meal for somebody, you know that's coming by. I don't want to get involved in building programs and mission work uh, or benevolent work. And, and I can only get to church, you know, to worship. I can't get to church, rather, to worship when the weather's bad. So we don't want to be a house shoe Christian. But in Amos 6 and 1, I think he sums it up pretty good. He says, Woe to them that are at ease in, in Zion and trust in the mountains of Samaria, which are named the chief of the nations to whom the house of Israel came. In Luke 12, 19 and 20, you have the story there in, that, uh, in Luke uh, about the rich man that had such a great yield in his crops, and he said, I have nowhere to store my goods. But he said, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns, I'll build greater barns, and then I'll, I'll sit back and say, Soul, soul, take thine ease. Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy ease, eat, Drink and be merry. But in God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, and then who shall these things be which thou hast uh, 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 obtained or provided? You know, Solomon talks about this also in Ecclesiastes, about we work all of our life and then we don't know who's going to reap the benefits of it uh, uh, after we're dead and gone. Number seven, the sandal. The sandal, the Christian sandal. You know, a sandal furnishes just a little bit of protection, but it comes off awful easy, doesn't it? Especially the ones that don't have no heel in them. You, you, you saw, and I'm amazed at how some of these kids can wear those old flip-flops, you know, and never have a string on them or anything, and keep them on their feet. But the, some Christians have a little religion, but they're not very deep-rooted. 
only got enough religion to make us uneasy. So we, we need to watch that and to make us miserable. You know, we're either for him or we're against him. We can't serve God and mammon at the same time. The, the sandal Christian is just like the seed that was sown on the stony ground. You, you recall in Luke 8, 13, he says, They on the rock are they which when they hear, uh, hear receive the word with joy, but they have no roots. For a while they believe, and then in time of temptation, they fall away. That's the ones that starts out good, but they fall away. In 1 Peter 2 and 2, he says, As newborn babes in Christ desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Then number eight, Sunday shoe. The Sunday shoe, now you say, well, that ought to be a good one, but the Sunday shoe is only shined up on Sundays, you know. <laughs> uh, they, oh, uh, he's a Sunday shoe Christian. He, he's a holy oncer, as we might say. He only, he only attends church once in a while, uh, maybe on Easter Sunday, maybe on Christmas, or maybe when they're having a family day and there's going to be a big meal, you know. That's, that's the, the, the Sunday shoe. But you know that some people only come to the church three times in their life, when they're hatched, matched, and dispatched. That means when they're born, <laughs> and when they marry, and when they die. And that's a sad omen, isn't it? But in Hebrews 10.25, he says, Not forsaking the assembling of thyself together, as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. And then Luke 9.23, he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Then number nine, there's the casual, casual Christian. It's designed for informal use, the, the, the casual Christian is. This type of person is, we might say, laid back or so far that he may be laid down, you know. This type of person shows little concern for the church or anything that's going on. He's indifferent. He, he, he probably is lukewarm. You know, in Revelation 3, he talks to the church about the seven churches of Asia there. And, and verse 16, he says, Because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. He was sickening unto God. I will spew thee out of my mouth, the church at Laodicea. In Romans 12 and verse 11, again, he says, Not slothful in, in business. Don't be sloppy in business. Fervent in the Spirit, serving the Lord. That's what we should be. You know, one time uh, there was some people talking, and this church member was asked, well, What do you think about ignorance and apathy? And he said, well, I don't know and I don't care. So, <laughs> you know, that's the attitude that some people has. And he summed up, he, he really uh, explained it to a T, didn't he? I don't know and I don't care. But we, we can't be a casual shoe then. We, we need to uh, uh, not be lukewarm, but to be entirely uh, convinced and convicted and, and uh, dedicated to the cause of Christ. Then there, number 10, there's an elevator shoe. The elevator shoe. <laughs> the elevator shoe is used to build up a short person. You know, when he wants to look taller, he puts on these, these elevator shoes and he looks taller. Man is just like an elevator shoe because he wants to build himself up, you know, sometimes. In Matthew 23, 5 and 6, he says, But by their works 
they do for the seen of men, and they make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments, their collars and the borders of their garments. And he says they love the uppermost seat at the feast and the chief seats in the synagogue. So that's the elevator shoot. He, he's self-exalted. But we know that that won't work. In Matthew 23 and 12, he says, Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased or brought low. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. In Matthew 18:4, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as a little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We've got to have humility. In Luke 14 and 11, he says, Whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased or brought low, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Then number 11, there's a hunting boot. The hunting boot is a good shoe in a way. It's a strong, well-built shoe, and it's designed for something. But you know, sometimes man seeks the wrong things. He seeks material things in life instead of spiritual things. And we know that all things are going to perish here on the earth with with the using, but that only uh, 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 God and the Scriptures are going to abide, of course, forever. And the hunting boot is, is a good, well-built shoe, but it, we need to seek the right things. In Philippians 2, verse 20 and 21, Paul said, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For he says, all seek their own, th- all their own and not the things which are of Christ Jesus. We're, sometimes we're too materialistic. We're too selfish. And certainly that is not a good attribute. In Colossians 3, 1 and 2, he says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. You know, sometimes we uh, consider a person successful by looking at what he has materially, you know. And certainly that's not the man that's successful. The righteous man that doeth the will of God is the one that's successful. In Matthew 6.33 he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. All these physical things. He knows what we need. In Matthew 6.19 and 21, he says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But rather lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust dust corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Then the last shoe is the work shoe. The work shoe, number 12. The work shoe, of course, is the best kind of shoe. This is the Christian that's always active, is always on the job for the Lord, He's always willing to do whatever he can do in the congregation, whatever it might be. You know, we all have different talents. And whatever it might be, he has a good attitude. He has the right motives. This is the works you, Christian. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, you know, he says, Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
In Matthew 7, 21, you know, he says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of the Father, which is in heaven. Uh, uh, he goes ahead on down there in Matthew 7, and he says, He that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him to the wise man that built his house upon a rock. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat up on the house, and it stood firm because it was founded on a rock. But whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, I liken him to a foolish man that built his house upon the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat up on the house, and it fell. And he said that great was the fall thereof. In James 2, 19 and 20, he says, Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. But he said, the devils also believe and tremble. But he said, Wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? We talked about that this morning. And it's plain as it can, there's a nose on your face, isn't it? In Philippians 2.12, he says, Thou more are my beloved brethren, as you have always obeyed in my, not in my presence only, but also much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So there's a work to do, as, as Brother Gary pointed out to us this morning. And the faith without works is, is dead, being alone. In John 9 and 4, he says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man shall work. Then in 2 Timothy, Paul says there in 2 Timothy, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in kingdom. He says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, and reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and shall turn away from the truth and turn unto fables. He says, watch out all things, endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Then he said, For I am now ready to be offered, Paul said. My departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me in that day, and not to me only, but unto all those that love his appearing. Friends, you know, we too can have that crown of righteousness if we will just be the right kind of shoe. And I think you'll agree with me that the only kind of shoe that we can really be is a work shoe, to work out our own salvation. In Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, he says, Wherefore, seeing we are also encompassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and run with patience the race set before us. Look into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. In John 14, we alluded to that just a little before, but verse John 14, he starts out and he says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. But Thomas said, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And then in verse 6, that key verse, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So Ephesians 6.15 tells us, And let your feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Friends, in Revelation 22.17, here we have the Lord's invitation. He says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him come and take of the water of life freely. That's the Lord's invitation. We can find it again over in uh, Matthew 11, I believe it is, when he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Brother Gary outlined uh, the plan of salvation this morning, what it took part of it and what it, it wouldn't do just by one item can't do. It takes it all in conjunction. That we are to hear, he said, Romans ten seventeen. faith cometh to be hearing. Hearing by the word of God. We're to believe, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. I think that's John eight twenty four. And then uh, hear, believe, and then we're to repent. repent. I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Luke 13, 3, 13, 5. Then we're to confess the name of Christ physically, physically and and publicly, in Romans 10.10, he says, With a heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. But then baptism, you know, it's, our religious friends try to do away with baptism, the cultivating act that puts us into Christ, that puts us into the kingdom, puts us into the church, and prepares us to run the race of life. And there's nothing taught in the, in the New Testament any plainer than water baptism. You can start in Acts 2.38. You can go on over to Galatians 3.26.27. He says you're all the children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Then you can go on over and uh, Paul was told in Acts 22.16, he says, Why tarest thou and arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And then 1 Peter 3.21 I think really nails it down. He says the like figure. He's been talking about Noah. Uh, God, The patience of God waited in the days of Noah, wherein eight souls were saved. But then he says, by water. And then he said, the like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Friends, you cannot be saved and then be baptized. Because baptism is the culminating act that puts us into Christ. If you're subject to the Lord's invitation, you can come while we stand saved.